Welcome to Rework, a podcast by 37 Signals about the better way to work and run your business. I'm your host, Kimberly Rhodes, and as always, I'm joined by the co-founders of 37 Signals, Jason Freed and David Heinemeyer Hansen. And before we get started, I do have a bit of a disclaimer. The Rework podcast has always had an explicit rating, but this episode in particular, you might not want to listen to with children in the car. So if you've gotten past all of that, welcome back. We are talking about a new feature that the 37signals team recently built into their email product, Hey. We're calling it the fuck no feature. And Jason, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about the feature that they built, but then I kind of want to go into some of the things that I personally learned from this very quick experience of building this feature. So why don't you take it away? Sure. So uh, Hey, our email system has a feature called the screener and the screener has a thumbs up or thumbs down, a yes or a no. And the first time somebody emails you, you can say, yes, I want to hear from them or no, I never want to hear from them again. Click no, you'll never get an email from them again. They don't hear anything back. It doesn't say like this person screened you out. They just don't know and you're protected from their emails. Um, and uh, we, we had this idea basically um, to go beyond, <laughs> go above and beyond the standard no. When you really are just annoyed by somebody sending you an email or you find yourself You've already rejected this person at another address and they're emailing you from a different address or whatever it is. And you just want to say something. This is a personal moment of cathartic expression. And you just want to say, not no, but fuck no. And so we had this idea to basically, if you, if, you know, if you hold down shift, it was a shift F, I think it is, uh, on your keyboard when you're looking at the screener, the thumbs down no icon changes to a, a th- middle finger flipping the bird fuck no icon. And it's the same feature. It doesn't do anything differently. It just gives you a real warm, fuzzy feeling. And uh, and we, we built it like in you know in in, in a few hours. Um, it was one of these things. It's like it's not necessary. Whatever you know, it's no big deal. But it also represents to me um, a couple things. Like uh, it's it's fun to work this way and to 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 make independent decisions like this and not feel like we are going to get in trouble if we do something like this. Um, and, and second, um, software and, and work in general should be just more lighthearted. I think there's just so much seriousness everywhere, everywhere in the business world and in the software world and the, and this, in the business software world, just lighten up. So this is one of those attempts to bring some levity to something that really doesn't matter that much in the first place. And like from the first idea, I think it was like three hours between like someone on our team saying like, I'm getting spammed by this dude. <laughs> to the chat going and people just like, let's do this. Like three hours, I think, beginning to end. Well, I mean, the idea actually, funnily enough, it it was, uh, it had its roots in 2021. Um, I I pitched this idea, a slightly different variation of this idea back in 2021. Um, And it just sort of actually, interestingly enough, it was too complicated. Um, it, It would require you to enter some keywords. And if those keywords ever show up in a subject line, it would automatically give you a fuck no icon. And we didn't do it because we didn't have a way to match keywords in the screener. We didn't have a place to do this. And so it was like a lot of extra stuff and it never got done. Uh, and then, you know, this idea came up again when it was like, why don't you just hit a keyboard command and like, then we'll just flip the icon again. It's, it's there's like no software involved here really whatsoever. It's just a, a little indication that you want to say something different. And then that's kind of how it all came together. Yeah, it was a few hours um, I actually didn't say build this. I'm like, we should do this. This is funny, whatever. And then a few people picked it up and just ran with it. And uh, that's the best kind of work too. 
What I really love about these things is it harks back to the long history in software development of Easter eggs. This is something all software used to have. If you push this explicit keyword combo or you clicked on this icon five times in a row, something would change. Something would just be fun. Software makers used to build not just like one Easter egg into a piece of software, but 10, 20, 50 Easter eggs into a piece of software. In the gaming industry, people have this with sort of cheats. If you do up, up, down, left, right, jump, jump, then you get something extra. Then there's something unlocked, something that isn't described in the manual, something that's perhaps like a little on the edge, um, something that you wouldn't want kind of on the main sales material, but it's fun. It's fun that software can have a little more depth, and as Jason says, can be a little lighter, can be an expression of there's actual humans behind this, especially when it comes to something as often boring as business software, where people are just like in this straight-laced environment. Now, I think what's interesting about this, I saw some of the feedback that went back and forth on Twitter. People were like, well, this is unprofessional. Yeah, do you know what? I wouldn't ship hay with that as the main thing up front that everyone who signs up for it sees it right away. That I don't think would be appropriate. But this is what's so fun about Easter eggs. You literally have to, first of all, find it, learn about it, and then actively do something yourself so you're in on the joke. The software isn't kind of just gratuitously offending you if you're like, oh, um, swear words is just not something I'm comfortable with. Great. All right. Awesome. No no harm, no foul. Just don't put the, the special key combo that you're not going to find by random, right? That there's room for the software to sort of stretch like this, I think is something we're missing in web software in particular. In fact, I'm trying to think of another Easter egg I didn't even know about in another piece of web software. I mean, I'm sure it's out there, but it used to be everywhere. It used to be in all kinds of software, including business software, creative software, not just in video games. And I, I wish some of that would come back. I wish we get more Easter eggs. Jason, this is a fact. We should make sure that there are some Easter eggs in the first piece of once.com software, at least. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about Easter eggs sort of in like way back when we made this product called Campfire back in 2007, and it had this feature called play, right? Slash play. And you could, you know, there's a bunch of songs and, and and sound effects and whatnot. And we actually kind of publicize it eventually as you kind of have, well, you don't always have to. Some people find Easter eggs, but it's kind of nice to quietly say, hey, there's this thing. Um, but you got to know the command. You got to know how to type it in. You got to know the library of commands that you can you can run. And um, that was, I think, a really fun. And people love that. People love that. They love to be in on, in on something, love to be in the know. And it's all personality. It didn't need to exist. It's not critical or central to the product at all in any way, but it's really fun. And then people would recommend songs or sound effects occasionally. We would just add them here and there. We wouldn't add all of them, but we'd add a few. And uh, some of them were really timely. One of the best ones is Slash Play Live, which was what Bill O'Reilly screaming like, fuck it, I'll do it live or whatever. <laughs> whatever it was. It was like this famous you know, thing. And it's like so perfect. And we used it all the time when we were going to make an edit in our products you know, we're like, should we, should we, you know, should we do it? And someone's like, fuck it, play live. And they just did it. And it was great. So that kind of stuff's really fun. And, and, and software should be more fun. Slash play Bueller is one of my favorites. That's a good one too. <laughs> That's still in the campfire. Okay. So let me ask you this because um, David, you mentioned that there's been some pushback on Twitter. I haven't seen that, but did you guys ever think in advance, like maybe we shouldn't do this, like questionable, or is it like, you know what, we're, we want to do it. It sounds fun. Did you ever worry about any of that pushback that might come? 
I didn't really see, I saw one pushback tweet, but I saw like hundreds of like, oh my God, best thing ever, hilarious, thank you, whatever. There's a lot, a lot of positive feedback on it. Um, and a lot of people going like, I, this is a good reason to try hay. This is a good reason to try hay for the first time. This is a good reason to come back and try hay again. Uh, it's fun to see companies do this sort of thing. So most of, almost all of it was positive in that way. No, we, I don't think we ever thought, because it wasn't even something we really were going to do. It was like just this thought that came out of nowhere. And again, as David mentioned, because it's it's hidden and there's a key command, it's, it's not in people's face. So if someone is going to be offended by it, and I know there are people out there who are like that, and I can understand where they're coming from on it. That's fine. You, you can, it will never do that by itself. You have to be complicit. You have to, you have to do the work to be offended. So um, it's, it's very safe. There's really no reason to, to be afraid of something like this. I'd also say you really have to be careful who you hand over veto right on product decisions to. You do not want the most, and I don't even mean this in a pejorative way, but the most easily offended people should not have veto right on what you put into your product. It is okay that you will launch some features at some points that not everyone is going to love and some people are maybe even going to dislike it and a special few are going to hate it. Okay, fine. That's part of it, right? If you're just doing it gratuitously and you're just like willy-nilly offending people and pissing them off, that's probably not a long-term good business strategy, so don't do that. But sort of setting the bar that, you know what? Let's say this is simple. Let's say there were two people who complained on Twitter. You could have gone like, oh my, there's some complaints. We shouldn't do the thing because there's complaints. No, absolutely not. I have articulated, at least in my head, much more clearly this perspective that you have to occasionally step over a little bit. Not 100%, not 500%, like 10% over whatever someone would draw the line at to find something with a little bit of spark. I mean, I know it used to be a little bit of a joke, I think, in marketing world. Like, it needs more edge, right? Like, this, it needs to be a little closer to wherever the line is, even if that became like a, a meme. There's something real in it that at times we occasionally have to push a little bit at the boundaries and, and explore something that's like, oh, I don't know. And then also just think, fuck it, we're doing it. Like, so, okay, there's two people, five people, 10 people on Twitter who think it's not a good idea. You can find anything, even the most heartwarming story. If you distribute it largely enough, there's going to be 100 people on Twitter who actually thinks this is the worst thing that has ever happened on earth. And you have to learn to ignore most of that, most of the time, and just accept that there are going to be people who don't like whatever it is, puppies, rainbows, unicorns. All right. Like you once had a scary dream with a unicorn and a clown. Get it? Like that's just your issue, right? Like you're totally in your right to opt out of unicorns and rainbows and, and whatever. It doesn't mean the rest of us can't enjoy it. It doesn't mean that we can't put some of that in there. It doesn't mean we can't have a little bit of fun. It, can't, it doesn't mean we can't be lighthearted about it. And I think this is one of the things, I mean, comedy has been going through this for several years now, right? Like what is actually permissible to joke about and so on. And there it's usually a lot more spicy than something like this where people are arguing where the line is. But um, Ricky Gervais has this wonderful expression of like, do you know what? You're entirely entitled to be offended. Like that's a personal feeling that arises inside of you. It just doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me. <laughs> you are in charge of your emotional repertoire and however that gets triggered. Great. Like, um, go be offended if you want to be offended about a joke or just don't watch the comedian if you don't like it. So there's also some of this I could totally imagine 
at least in my head, this is one person who's like, I will never buy another 37 Signals product because they swear in their products. And this is just really important to me that the companies I do business with never swear. Great. Dude, I'm happy you have such a clear-sighted vision of what you want. I mean, most people can't even pick out what kind of cereal they want to eat in the morning. But you know exactly where the line goes for you. Wonderful. Great. Have a nice life. Okay, talk me through a little bit about adding this feature on so quickly with such a small team. I know we work in two-person teams. I think two people made this happen. It didn't go through this whole long QA process. Kind of talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, so, so there's just a couple people who worked on it. Uh, Jose did the coding and then Jay-Z did the icon. Uh, and that was really all there was to it. It wasn't, it probably, it was a total of an hour or so's worth of work and, uh, and, and getting it out there. And the next morning it was sort of ready to go. Uh, and we deployed it and it was, it was just a, a quick, a quick win. Now, one thing you got to be careful about is, is, is throwing your whims out there because sometimes, especially if you own the place, like people will just follow it. I knew that this feature was not hard. This was not like, I'm going to throw this thing out there. It's going to derail everyone for four weeks and we're fucked. Like, that's not what this is about. This is like, this is going to be really stupid, really simple if we decide to do it. And someone's just going to do it on the side because it's fun anyway. No one's getting, it's like stopping their work to do this. There's just like, if you have a pause in the, in the day and you want to throw a little code, code in there or make a little icon, we can make this happen. So it, it felt light. It was light. It shipped fast. Nothing was put on hold because of it. Nobody had to work nights and weekends because of it. It just kind of came together naturally, rapidly, and, and we all moved on and had a lot of fun. Then the next morning, I recorded just a quick one-take video uh, of walking through it um, and threw it up online. And you know that's kind of how we got the word out about it. Of course, we didn't announce this in the product. Uh, we announced it out of the product, and uh, it, it traveled quite well. And, uh, and Twitter and LinkedIn, people were really fired up about it, really excited about it, and I think on, on balance, it was, you know, 98% positive, let's call it. And I'll link to that video that you made in the show notes. It is hilarious to me. And it's one of the very few pieces of content, honestly, that I've just like sent to all of my friends, family members, like this is hilarious that my company is doing this, which I think a lot of people don't have that benefit, you know, of just like, check this out. It's hilarious. It's fun. Like, it's just, this is the thing. Like it, it, everyone smiled internally about it. It was fun. Um, how often does that happen at work? You know, it should happen a lot, but it doesn't happen as frequently as, as we'd all like it to be, or like like it to happen, I think. And occasionally you can throw these kinds of things in the mix and just let people have fun with it. I think what's also really funny about this is it is an experiment or almost a test of organizational capacity. Can you do very small things quickly? There are a lot of companies that have rigorous procedures on how you update the main application that prevents something like this from ever happening because it simply does not allow someone to invest an hour into making a change out of schedule, out of the backlog, out of the roadmap, out of the planning, out of the QA process, out of the rollout process, about a trillion processes you can imagine that exist in a bunch of organizations that prevent something small from ever coming to uh, fruition. Because it's just not capable of that. It doesn't, you know what? We couldn't do this if we knew it was going to take two days. If it knew it was going to roll through all the processes, if we knew it had to wait in the QA queue until someone was ready to really give it the ones over of whether it's also fully correct. So what if it didn't work? This is part of it, right? Someone programs it up. It's hidden already. You got to push it out. Okay, if it takes all the, the whole site, like that's a problem. But it doesn't. You have to be proportionate to the changes that you're making in your process. So I love us 
doing these things occasionally? Like, how quickly can we push a change that actually is a real change, even if it's mostly just fun? Can that be done in an hour? And I do feel like there have been occasions in our history where I feel like, have we lost some of that? Have our processes become too rigid to allow something simple, low risk to be able to ship very quickly? What can we do in two hours that actually makes it into the product? I think is a really useful exercise to go through as an organization. Are you able to do small things? If not, What's holding that back? What is the rigor in your processes that should lax off a bit? If you can only do big things, I think you really narrow the scope of what you can work on and whether you can have this kind of fun and whether you can delight random people who just get a video sent by you, Kimberly, on like, hey, look at the crazy <laughs> thing my company is doing. Like That stuff needs um, an environment to be able to exist in. And I think um, constantly probing your organization, are we capable of something with this levity is important. I love that. Well, you can check out the fuck no feature on Hey. You can sign up at hey.com and check that out for yourself. One of our fun features in that product. Rework is a production of 37 Signals. You can find show notes and transcripts on our website at 37signals.com slash podcast. Full video episodes are available on YouTube and Twitter. And if you have a question for Jason or David about a better way to work and run your business, send us an email to rework at 37signals.com or you can leave us a voicemail or text to 708-628-7850 and we just might answer it on an upcoming show.